Hello strangers, my name is Rose Gothop. I am the writer-director of this podcast and I want to welcome you to The Greenlands Presents. This podcast is all about the magical world of the Greenlands. If you want more information about the Greenlands or want to submit a script or be involved in the project as a voice actor or even just, you know, throw money at us, check out our websites at the-greenlands.com, the-greenlands.com or tweet at us on Twitter at GreenlandsThe or Instagram. These also will be put on YouTube. excited for this new season called The Baroness's Beef, called that because she has beef with everyone. It's a problem. As with the previous two seasons, we meet a new cast of people and also meet some old returning favourites. This season, we get to meet Adamant's family and find out why it is that he is like that. The events of this season occur while the boys are away at school and then on their quest to the Sisters of the Middle Sun, so it runs parallel to the Knights Erratic. As more episodes from this new season come online, we will be removing old episodes of the Knights Erratic and putting them up on YouTube and on an archive on our website on thegreenlands.com. For this episode of The Baroness's Beef, I would like to thank our amazing cast, Andrew Veal, Charles Mode, David McCran, Helen Berry, Kitty Bennett, Linda Dutz, and Sam Parry, Sophie Cole, Vicky Holding, and Zoe Cunningham. I hope you all have a lovely and fantastic week. Scene 48. Exterior. Castle Courtyard. Later. The Baron comes raging back into his courtyard with his servant. He indicates to his servant that he is to go somewhere and find someone. The servant vanishes through a door. Where is everyone? Harry? Bill? A young woman comes out of a side door, carrying a basket of washing. Ah, Alice! Have you seen Robin? He be cleaning the Privy Master. Well? The old woman hurries away and Ethelberta strolls with Imelda into the courtyard from the garden entrance. Oh, hello, Harold. Had a good hunt? No, Blackguard stole my crossbow. Who, dear? Those stupid bandits that live in the cave at the top. I suppose we could have the smith make another. Not really likely. I'm going up there with the lads to get it back. Aren't there quite a few bandits? Dunno. Hope so. The more the better. Harry, Bill and Robin come running with their bow and axe out into the courtyard from two different directions. They run up to the Baron and look expectantly at him. Ethelberta leans over and gives him a kiss on the cheek. Well, take care of yourself, dear. Remember, tea's at four. He turns to the men. Now follow me! They hurry out of the courtyard while Ethelberta and Imelda go indoors. Scene 49. Interior, castle, baron's bedroom, afternoon. Yisa is standing on a small stool, whilst a serving maid pins a new dress's hem up. Ethelberta and Imelda are nodding appreciatively at this gown for Yisa's birthday party. The door opens and the baron stalks through with Burb, looking excited. The baron goes through into the garderobe and slams the door, whilst Burb hops up and down on one leg with excitement. Burb, I hope you didn't go up to the caves. Burb looks disappointed. Nah, I only just found out. Could have wrecked them. 
No, you couldn't. A little higher, I think, Mildred. The servant looks up and nods. Anyway, what happened, Burb? Ah, the caves are empty, but Pater found his bow on the floor in the corner. He's a bit miffed, though. He wanted to whack him, too. The Baron strides back into the bedchamber and stops halfway. He looks at Ethelberta. Tea? You missed it, dear, but it's... The Baron continues out. Dinner in half an hour? I'll be down with the pigs. Give me a shout. Ethelberta looks at Imelda and paddles her fingers around her own neckline. Perhaps more frilling about the neck. Imelda nods conditionally. Ma! Aisa tugs at the dresser's neck. Scene 50, interior, castle dining hall, evening. The hall is decorated, and a small band of players are playing dance pieces for ten pairs of dancers at Yisa's party. There are about another twenty-odd people again, standing around and eating and drinking from a buffet side table, or sitting on chairs around the perimeter. All are in their party clothes. The Duchess and family are present, as is the Countess and husband. Mistress Walleye and husband are standing sourly against the wall and looking on disapprovingly. Snatches of conversation are heard. Oh yes, Lady Tife. I can't say who, but Wiss has been hard-pressed by a certain family to show favour. Hmm. One is usually hard-pressed by that family to pay tithes, tributes and taxes. It must make such a change. Lucky you. Issa is being whirled around by Lord Greenhurst. She is smiling, as is Clarissa, dancing nearby. The Baron is attacking a huge turkey leg, sitting on a chair watching her, with a plate on his knee. Burb and Kazah are sneaking up behind a very prissily smugly primping young man, with highly ornately slashed sleeves, who is sitting on a perimeter chair and tapping his hand, affectedly, to the beat. They insert a small mouse into the slashings of the non-tapping arm. Stettel finishes the dance with Imelda and escorts her back to her chair, a little away from Ethelberta. Well, apparently all of the bandits were out, which was a good job because the Baron went up there and he only has four armed retainers. I'm sure he narrowly escaped death. Oh, how did Ethelberta take it? Well, she was a bit put out that he wasn't back in time for his macaroons, but she managed not to mention the shortage of retainers afterwards. I could see her problem. Must be such a worry, having a whole castle and land to have to guard. Imelda, being a bit dim, pats his arm as she sits down. Well, it's not a worry that you are likely to have, Stettel. Could you get me, perhaps, a little sherbet? She smiles up at him. Stettel gurns, nods sourly, sighs, and goes to get said refreshment. Scene 51. Interior, castle, Baron's workshop, morning. The Baron is sorting through a pile of parchments and chucking them disgustedly on the table when he's read them. He opens a smallish wooden box on the edge of his desk and there are only six gold coins in there. He grunts and looks disappointed. The door opens and Ethelberta pokes her face around. Are you busy, dear? <sighs> well, yes, but what do you want, Ethel? Ethelberta comes to stand by the Baron's chair. I just wondered if we could have a quick chat about Rhys's dowry. There's nothing to chat about. The money's been put aside and that's that. Ethelberta takes a nearby stand chair and drags it to sit next to the Baron. He looks suspiciously at her. 
After chatting with the Duchess at Tweece's party last night, I really suspect from what she let drop that the diary we're going to communicate to her won't be enough. Oh, it will, will it? Well, tough. She won't be marrying into our family, then. Well, she said that despite the couple coming to live at Greatlands Castle, Lord Greenhurst will still have stiff expenses like carriages and armed retainers for his wife. Why? Is someone going to kidnap Weese then? Ethelberta wriggles uncomfortably. Well, no. But I thought that if we could just increase the size of the dowry... Oh, you did, did you? Well, then the Duchess might be more inclined to... Wipe her backside on my wallet then, eh? Ethelberta looks shocked and disgusted. Harold, I... Uh, what's for dinner, Ethel? A uh, fish? The Baron points at the door. Go and fry it, Ethel. He bends down and picks up his sledge axe and a rag. He starts to rub the haft angrily. Ethelberta tuts and hurries out in a huff. Scene 52. Interior, Castle Solar, Day. Yisa and Imelda are sewing, and Ethelberta is pacing. A elderly servant comes in, carrying a parchment on a salver, which he gives to Ethelberta. He bows and presents it. Thank you, Gudgeon. He retires, and she opens the seal and reads the parchment whilst still walking. Ethelberta's hand holding the parchment drops to her side. There now, the Duchess says our proposed diary is too small. How provoking. Yes, just terrible. It's no good you're being happy about it, Uisa. If we can't find someone like Lord Greenbridge, then it's someone like the Marquises and Oswald, or Sedwick, or similar. Why can't I be left alone? Why do I have to marry? Ethelberta sits down and picks up her sewing. Don't be ridiculous, Uisa. Are you proposing to be a spinster? Who would look after you when we are gone? And what about having a family? They sew in silence for a while. Anyway... One falls in love after one is married. I did. With your father. She smiles soppily at the memory. Yisa grimaces at the thought. Scene 53. Exterior Castle Gardens Day. Ethelberta and Imelda are winding wool while sitting on a bench. Burb enters one part of the garden from a curtain wall in the distance and is headed off to another castle keep entrance in another part. Ethelberta sees him. Uh, Burb? Burb half looks over his shoulder and slows down his walk. Burb, you heard me, young man. Come here. Burb turns around fully and slowly drags himself, reluctantly, across to his mother. Yeah. Yes, mother. Yes, mother. He comes to stand at a little distance, partially behind her. I want to know what those terrible explosions have been about. Oisa said that it is you that has been making them. Stand over here when I can see you. Over here. Burb drags himself round. You can't confiscate this because I haven't hit anyone. Confiscate what? The bang powder. The what? <sighs> the salty pita stuff. Oh, the powder you're always grinding up. Well, we don't want powder lying around if it might go bang any time. Mother, it doesn't go bang unless you'd light it. Ethelberta sighs and stops winding on. Then stop lighting it, dear, and go do something nice. Like learning the lute, perhaps. <laughs> Mum, you got any sorting cake? Ethelberta waves him away and rolls her eyes. Go and see Cook. Scene 54, Exterior Village Day. 
Yisa and Ethelberta are approaching the village carrying their visiting the poor baskets. I don't care what you say, Mother. I'm not marrying him. They enter onto the high street and an old woman sitting sunning herself outside of her cottage. Upon espying them, suddenly jumps up, runs inside and slams her door. Ethelberta, seeing her, raises her eyebrows but carries on walking. Goody Gumption's tetters must be better, I suppose. He's sort of vacant, with nothing much to say. A youngish woman suddenly shoots out of an approaching door, grabs her small infant which is playing nearby, rushes in with him and slams the door. Ethelberta raises her eyebrows further. Little Gavin must be better now as well, I presume. Anyway, I don't want to live in that gigantic drafty castle with the horrid Duchess. Another woman rushes out of another cottage, unhitches her goat from the rope fastened to the wall, and tries to tug it inside. She finally wins her battle with it, and then slams and bolts the door. Ethelberta suddenly stops walking, along with Yisa. She looks confusedly at Yisa. Do you know, Yisa, if I didn't know better, I would think that the villagers didn't want to be cured. Scene 55. Interior, Castle Solar, Afternoon. The Duchess is attending Ethelberta's tea with her two attendants, as well as Imelda and Yisa. She waves her fingers over her refreshed cup, and the tea stirs itself. She and her attendants are in their usual awe-inspiring green elvish court gowns. The Duke and I understand that times are tight, but things can perhaps be remedied by the addition of such small concessions as... She shrugs nonchalantly. The Baron paying for Weiss's lady's maid, perhaps. Ethelberta leans forward and nods. Differentially. And um, perhaps he's providing a ten-year trousseau instead of a three-year one. Imelda nods. Ten-year? The Duchess looks distastefully at her. I quite understand. Yes, I do too. The Duchess turns her head slowly and fixes Yisa with a stony stare of disapproval. Scene 56. Exterior Woods Day. An old woman in rags, with a bandage bound across her face, is standing still on the path, looking up. Well, come on. I can't wait all day, Lady Etty. There is a groan. Uh. The sky becomes pale purple and clouds roll. You've been at the Divine Wine again, haven't you? You know what it does? No inspiration, I'm afraid. Well, I've got to have a prophecy. Or how can I be a seer then, huh? Oh, then just try the old one, you know. Might is right. It's a bit boring. It will have to do because I'm going to have to lie down. <sighs> there is distant thunder. The clouds wheel in deep purple, in the pale purple sky. Lots of dark purple and gold eyes appear, sprinkled amongst the cloud for a few seconds, and then the sky clears. Ethelberta and Imelda approach the seer along the woodland track. They are carrying covered visiting baskets. Ethelberta sees the seer and comes towards her, and she looks worriedly at her. Good morning, good woman. I'm concerned to see you without a guide. Are you well? Morning. I'm well enough. I don't want no visiting, you know. She nods at the baskets. And I don't need a guide. These bandages are because I see too well. Oh, you're a seer. Oh, do ask her, Bertie. Ethelberta rootles out some small coins from the scrip at her waist 
She takes the seer's hand and puts the coins into it. Here, good woman, could I offer some coins for a prophecy? You could. What is it then, mother? The seer turns her head upwards and appears to listen for a few seconds, for effect. She then holds up her finger. Your prophecy is that might is right. Might is right. Well, didn't you hear me? Oh, yes, good woman. Then I'm off. Can't stay here yattering all day. She walks away. Farewell, mother. The seer raises her hand without looking back. Ethelberta and Imelda walk on. Might is right. Well, that means retainers then, doesn't it? Imelda looks unsure. Scene 57. Interior, Castle Solar, morning. Yisa and Imelda are sitting sewing. Ethelberta finishes reading her newly arrived parchment and rises to her feet in triumph. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful! The other two look up in surprise. The door opens and Stettel strolls in. Ethelberta waves the letter at him. Stettel, the Duchess has consented to the wedding of her son, Lord Greenhurst, to Wiesa. Ugh. Stettel nods in interest, as does Imelda. Oh, congratulations, Bertie. And to you, dear Wiesa. Yisa looks sourly at her. You want me to do the ceremony, Ethelberta? Of course, Stettel. It's going to be a great occasion. She clasps her hands in rapture. She goes over to Yisa, pats her on the shoulder and kisses the top of her head. Now you just stay here, dear. I'm going to tell the good news to your father. She hurries out of the room. Scene 58, interior, castle dining hall day. The Duchess family and the Baron's family are crowded around some papers at one end of the dining table. The Baron has just signed one, and then the Duke signs the other. Ethelberta looks in rapture at the Duchess, who gives a faint smile back. The Baron moves down to the other end of the table, where there is a group of tankards and plates of food, and piles of empty plates. He indicates that people help themselves to a tankard, which they do. The Baron raises his tankard in toast. To the happy couple! To the happy couple! They quaff, and then Ethelberta indicates to the food, and signals to a waiting maid to move about refilling tankards from a jug. Everyone takes a plate and starts helping themselves. Don't worry, Duchess. Your retainers are being cared for down in the kitchen. The Duchess is examining a chicken leg, as if it might bite her. I don't suppose you will have a problem with catering for yours. She indicates a single elderly man standing by the hall door with a rusty old pike staff. Is that your armed retainer, then? We have others, you know. The Duchess glances around, ironically. Not overly conspicuous, are they? She sniffs and turns away from Ethelberta to talk to her son, who has been looking shyly at Yisa. Ethelberta stands, looking put out, and goldfishing, for want of something to say. That 
was an episode of the Baroness's Beef from the Greenlands Presents. I'd like to thank the brilliant Steve Cummings for editing this episode and the amazing David Berlin for making the music. We're just a small podcast. We don't have any marketing budget or anything, so we rely on word of mouth to get people to hear us. If you like us or think somebody else would like us, please drop us a review or share us on social media. Tag us and we will love you forever. If you want to know more about the worlds of the Greenlands or want to sell your spirits to an ancient and dark nature god, check out thegreenlands.com, the-greenlands.com. If you want to access our archive of previously seasons, check out YouTube channel The Greenlands Official. We love you all. Don't get cursed by a witch. See you next time.